Hey, this is RJ Hodges, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey, Dream Chasers, this is Amy J. And thank you so much for tuning in to Chasing Dreams, episode 54. And I have a fantastic guest for you guys today. His name is RJ Hodges, and he is a professional speaker, certified personal mastery life coach, certified practitioner in the healing art of Reiki, and the creator of a coaching system known as Life, Living in Full Existence Education. He is a best-selling co-author of the book Mission Unstoppable, partnering with world-renowned leaders George Frazier and Les Brown. RJ is also the author of You Can't Practice at the Game, The Art of Mastering You, Volume 1, and an audiobook series called Winner Status. RJ is the founder and president of empowerment companies Born to Win and RJ Hodges Speaks LLC, and he has taken time out of his weekend to come on the show and chat and share some of his story. Hey, RJ, what's it like down there? You're in Atlanta, right? I am in Atlanta, and as I, as we talked a little bit before, it is hot. It is absolutely warm in Atlanta. I'm looking out of the window right now, and there is a huge bumblebee trying to come into the window because I think he's a little hot, too. But, yeah, it's extremely hot down here, but but nice city, and, and sun is shining bright right now. Well, we do have that in common. It is blazing in Philadelphia today, folks, but RJ is taking time, so I, I want to jump right into what he's doing. You are doing a number of different things, life coach, speaker, author, practitioner in the healing art of Reiki, which can you explain really quick what that is? <laughs> yeah, that kind of comes that kind of comes out of left field for most right? people. They're like, what? What is that about? Reiki I use as a, as a modality is actually a Japanese healing art and it deals with energy. But how I use Reiki for most coaching clients is most of the time when I work with clients, I always tell people that I feel like we're born into this world with what I call a blank canvas or a blank chalkboard. From that point on, parents, society, they start writing on our chalkboard. But at some point when people start to do coaching and they want to be better, they feel like, hey, there's so much stuff on this chalkboard. How do I get it off? And Reiki kind of allows us to shift and move that energy. So that's how I use Reiki as an overall practice. I truly believe that you have to be internally clear to better yourself and to move forward. Now, how did you come into not just Reiki, but this whole, because if, if you look at the commonality of what you're doing, right, you're a speaker, life coach, coaching system, even even you're a pr- as a practitioner, you know, there's a common theme throughout, right, of helping, of, mm-hmm. you know, working with others. Is that something you've always had or were you ever doing something before this? Yeah, I actually, I, I started my very first business um, in network marketing at the age of 18. That's a young uh, age. It's young. It's young. You know, since we're on your show and I don't tell this often, technically I was 17, but we're going to say I was 18 <gasps> because, uh, you know, Understood. legal documents. But hey, I don't think I can get in trouble at this point. But anyway, so technically <laughs> I was I was 17. I was I was fresh out of high school and I was just a very ambitious young individual with 
no real direction. Just I was just kind of like, let's do whatever to, to make life happen. And network marketing kind of opened me up to helping other people. I didn't really get into the whole like I want to sell stuff, but I fell in love with being in front of the room. I fell in love with inspiring people and watching them embark on a journey of becoming better. You know, and some and something about that, it did something to me, not just from a standpoint of wanting to help them, but wanting to help myself. Because at 17, 18 years old, I needed to become better, not just from a business standpoint, but from a, a personal standpoint as well. So somewhere between bettering myself and personally developing myself and learning this stuff, I kind of naturally fell in love with helping other people do the same thing. It sounds like you just kind of went with it. I did. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a straight path, though. You know, it wasn't like, a, OK, I figured this out. Let's do it. We're going to run with it. And here I am today. There was some some turns in that path. I spent some time in in corporate America working at a law firm. Um, I spent some time kind of struggling with trying to figure out exactly what to do with this passion of wanting to help and empower people, because I think there's a lot of people out there and a lot of your your dream chasers right now that have a heart for helping people. And it sounds great. But then when you start talking about how do I turn that into a business, how do I eat off of it every single day sure, and, yeah. and still live, it becomes a little something different. So that kind of became my struggle for a long period of time of how do I turn this into a business, something of value that people can really recognize that is something that they need in their life. So it, it wasn't a straight path. I took some some turns and some bumps and some bruises in the midst of that. Now, it's interesting you say that because it's very true, right? Even I have struggled and probably still struggle with, I love helping others. I love doing this podcast. And then people are like, well, how are you making money off of it? And I'm like, right. huh, great question. <laughs> still right. working on that, but I'm having fun. And so for me, it's, you know, it'll, I'll figure that part out. Let me keep doing this. But you make a very good point in the sense that a lot of people have that same struggle. As you're growing up, your parents, your guardians, people who love you typically want to make sure you're stable. And this might be what we were talking about offline. Right. <laughs> they want to make sure you have stability in the sense of you don't have to stress about what tomorrow will bring. And usually mm -hmm. that's in the form of money or, you know, a stable job. Right. right. That's typically the way. And, and I've struggled with that. I've talked about it on the show previously in that I've gone through different jobs. And you talked about being in corporate America. When I put corporate America and working there, I think, OK, he's set, you know, outside of the whole Wall Street stuff. He probably has a stable job. Mm -hmm. What had you switching from that? Because it seems, sounds like you had the stability. You may not have been doing exactly what you wanted to do. So why switch? I mean, to be honest, after, you know, after network marketing or, you know, network marketing started to be something that I didn't want to do anymore. Like, you know, I, I was great at being in front of the room. I was great at closing people, but I, I got tired of trying to, convince people or I got really good at convincing people that they needed to do this particular business. They needed to sell these products. Mm -hmm. And then I started feeling kind of convicted about that because I didn't know if that was that person's purpose or not. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I just need for you to get in my organization because I'm trying to hit these goals by the end of the week. So I started to transition out of network marketing and corporate America was the alternative because I had bills and <laughs> responsibilities. Right. So you know, yeah, I needed that. So you know I went there not ever thinking I would spend my life there. And I think me being in corporate America, I had a I had a really decent job and it was pretty stable, but I'm really a person about fulfillment. And I love the fact that that's what your show is about. It's about chasing dreams. And even though I was in corporate America, I still had this dream of being 
independent. I still had this dream of doing something that I really wanted to do. And I think the real key is never letting go of that dream, no matter how long it takes, no matter if you're confused about it. And that's what I did. I just I just made a decision that, hey, you know what? I don't know how this is going to pan out at that particular point. I even know exactly what I wanted to do, but I'm never, ever letting go of this ambition and this dream. And I just kind of started, you know, moving. And one of my mentors always says that God cannot steer a parked car, which means that if you're if you're if you're standing still, if you're just in corporate America and you don't like it and you're not doing anything else, then guess what? You won't get any direction. So I just started moving. I started trying this and trying that. And then I, I said, you know what? I want to I like the speaking thing. Let me speak. So I started telling friends and family, hey, guys, I, I do speaking now. And of course, I couldn't charge anybody for it. But they would, you know, people would say, well, hey, you know, we're having a barbecue. You want to say a couple of words? Of course, I would speak anywhere at any time. It doesn't matter. Like four people going to be there. I got something to say. At my corporate America job, one of my supervisors was in charge of doing new hire orientations. He hated it. And he said, anybody want to go talk to these people? Sure, I'll do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So because, hey, I get to be in front of I get to do something in this place that I love, you know, so I would do it. So I just kept moving. And it's amazing how when you're moving, your path can be directed. You can be steered to where you want to go. And that's kind of how that whole from a quote unquote corporate America stability thing changed into a full time entrepreneurial thing. And so you have worked with people before and you made that decision, that conscious decision of I want to do something I enjoy. I'm going to do that, pursue that. The people and students that you work with, that you coach. Do you find a commonality on what their struggle is? Yeah, I do. I mean, because the commonality is, is that most people have some sort of idea of the life that they want. But now that life that they want is a struggle with the life either that they have or the life that they've been told that they should have, if that makes sense. It does. So it's kind of like the life that most people want is this life that, you know, they sell in these ads when you're scrolling down your timeline. Like, hey, I woke up when I was done sleeping today. I'm taking a magical vacation. I'm da 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 da. You know, that's the life that most people envision. They envision a life of, of, of no boundaries, a life of no question marks. But then the life that they have is pretty much a life of waking up, sitting in traffic, going to a job that they don't really like, but it's stable. And their parents are happy about it and their friends are happy about it because watch this word. It's normal. And we live in a society to where if you're normal, even if you're not happy, it's okay because there's a lot of other people just like you. So it makes it okay for you. I think (laughs) I think you nailed it on the head because that's that's what I see also when talking with people who aren't necessarily doing their dream full time Mm -hmm. or, or they're working towards or they found some way to work on it. And and that's what I find is that they're making the sacrifice, but they're pleasing others. And going back to something you said earlier, you know, what they were told to do in a sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grow up thinking that, right? We're, our, right. Our parents always want the best for us, that they don't wish us ill. No no one in our family yeah, no, uh, hopefully doesn't wish right. you ill, <laughs> right? But it, it's a mentality thing. I mean, we grow up, we're conditioned to think, oh, I can't do that. You know, I'm not going to make money. I can't be a writer. There's no stability right. in it. Yeah. So the first thing, you know, with a lot of my clients is we have to kind of get through that process. We have to get through the process of not telling me where you are per se as far as what you do and how it's stable. and But tell me what you really want. I ask my clients that all the time. So what do you want? 
And I just kind of sit there and stare at them. What do you want? And most <laughs> people are like, uh, okay, what do you want? Uh, I'm like, well, come, come back when you can tell me what do you want. And, and a lot of times they'll come back and they'll tell me what they want, but it's still based in some sort of box. It still has these parameters around and I send you off again. What do you want? Take off everything. If, if nothing was a limit, if nothing was a question mark, what do you want? And most people have never just sat down, down with themselves and asked themselves that question. What do I really want? Not what do I want if? Cause see, when you put that if in there, it goes back to the norms and values of what I've been taught I can have. No, what do you really want? For yourself. And I think for yourself. And if anything was yeah. possible, if you believe that there were no limits in life, where would you be right now? And what would you be doing? Once I can get that out of a client, now we can start building. You know, now we can start talking about what does the journey look like to get you there? Because I feel like, you know, it's, it's very cliche, but I feel like we can have anything that we want. Now, I'm not saying it's magic. It's not overnight. It's going to take a process. You're going to have to build it. But you first got to know what you're building in order to have a strategy in order to get there. As someone who has gone through that, because I think that question hits the nail on the head, right? Not a lot of people ask that. And people were actually asking me recently, you know, hey, Amy, who's your target audience? Who do you want to work with? And I said, I hate you know, that question. right. It's like, <laughs> why does there have to be a limit? But if you're going to force me to put a limit, because I really don't think there should be right. right at any point, you could be chasing your dreams. Similar to what you said earlier. If I have to, it's probably going to be between 20 and 40 or where it was 24 to like 37, 40 or something, because I feel like. When you're young, right? You know how kids are so limitless? Mm -hmm. They haven't grown into the fears. They're not aware of limitations or adverse consequences necessarily. And I find that kids, when you ask them what they want to be, they can answer the question you ask without having to go back and and redo anything. Right. 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 Very true. Very true. But if you take that same kid 20 years later, they've gone through life and now they're let's say they're 27, 30, right? Midlife mm-hmm. crisis is starting <laughs> early. And right. you ask that them same question. How many times do you think they have to go back? You know, it's funny. I wrote a whole chapter about this in my book, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, really? al- it's almost, okay, guys, I, I the really link for the did. book, by the way, will be in the show notes. So yeah, know I, now I really you should did. be reading it. But that's, I want to talk about two things. I want to go back and talk about target audience in sure. a second too. But I think what happens is, is that kids are limitless. You know what I mean? As a kid, again, the chalkboard is not as full just yet. Remember, we come in with a blank chalkboard. Blank chalkboard represents I can do anything until I touch the stove and somebody says it's hot. Don't ever do that again. Write something on that chalkboard. I can do anything until somebody says, well, you live in this neighborhood and us over here, we don't have as much money as people in those neighborhoods. Write something else on that chalkboard. So as that continues to go and you grow up, you get smaller instead of getting bigger. So it's, it's the opposite. It's like as a kid, you start out this giant society, the norms and values, people, their beliefs, the things that they tell you. It doesn't help you to grow bigger than the giant you already are. It helps you to dumb down and become smaller than what you were originally designed to be. And that's for me, that's mind blowing. You know what I mean? Like it it blew my mind when I first looked at it like that. Like I was born a giant and some way between being a giant and an adult, I I, I became someone that plays it small. I became someone that's fearful. I became someone that's afraid. I became this person. 
you know, so I, I think that that's designed that way. That's how our lives are. And I think that's why a show like yours is important, because hopefully we get a chance to grab some some youth and some young adults before the chalkboard is so full that they let go of the giant that they really are. And not only that, and, and, and thank you for the compliment, by the way, I feel like when you have that full chalkboard, and mm-hmm. I think you touched on it earlier, you forget the fact that you were limitless. I mean, yeah, you forget the fact if you're at 40 in a career you hate, you forget the fact that, hey, you can go back to school. Right. Right. There's, there's no, nothing that says you can't. Right. Right. Because we let age define us because, you know, in, in, in our world, the older you get, the less you can do. <laughs> you know, every every year you get older again, it's about making you smaller. It's about now that I'm older, the less I can do. And I told somebody the other day, as long as you're still breathing and you're still here, you can do anything. You still have a chance. Like you said, you can still go back to school. You can still start a business. You can do whatever you want to do. It's just that that mindset of I'm 50 now. I'm going to take your age and add on culture and society. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Play that in, too. That's that's another that that adds to the whole piece to the puzzle thing of, okay. now when you add that in, that adds yet another boundary, you know, that adds something else to say, oh, okay, well, because of this, then uh, that I I can't do that. And we you know, and and we meet people like that every single day. You meet people every single day. I had a lady that I worked with in coaching. She was 67, 68 years old and she was a widow. And she said, RJ, outside all this other stuff, the only thing I really want is I don't want to spend my life alone. I I don't want to spend the rest of my life alone. I said, I can can respect that. I said, well, who says you have to? She said, but RJ, I'm 68 years old. I'm, you know, I'm a widow. My husband passed away. There are no men out there in my age group that are single and, you know, and I said, says who? That says society doesn't say that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And we worked together for about eight months or so. And today she's happy she met somebody. Because we had to change the perception of dumbing yourself down. We had to change the perception of what had been written on her chalkboard that because I'm such and such age, I could never be in another fruitful relationship again. And that's just not true. And it's interesting because I think in going back to the target audience part that you want Glad to go back, back to there. also. Yeah, right? yeah I forgot. But, yeah, but so good. I think that also plays a part, right? The fact that automatically people start asking, hey, what's your target audience? Right. The initial gut for some people is you can only work and cater to these people. And mm-hmm. it's like there are some things that require fences. Right? right. But there are so many more that don't. But we're so used to putting fences and boxes around things that we forget that. Very true. Now, here's my different perspective on target audiences, mm-hmm. because. For people that listen to your show, I'm sure people that are interested in chasing their dreams, I put you in a category like myself of huge ambition. So when we hear something like target audience, it's a curse word. It's like, oh, my God, why? I want to touch everybody. So (laughs) that is my mindset. Now, from a business perspective, here's how I now present target audience. You're really great at talking to people that are just like you. People resonate with you that are just like you. Because technically your purpose in life deals with the thing or the issue that touches your heart or bothers you the most. Because the thing or the issue that touches your heart or bothers you the most is the thing that you were probably designed to help solve. In saying that, then target audience becomes who can resonate with me. I'm going to tell you the tricky thing about it, though. 
I never wanted to do target audience ever, ever, ever in my life until now that I understand that my target audience just opens me up to the world of different audiences. Where we do make a mistake in business is that we do try to talk to everybody and everybody does not want to hear or they're not able to resonate with us. For example, this show is called Chasing Dreams. Mm -hmm. If we marketed this show to corporate America people who were stable in their career, who were solid on you have to get a Ph.D. to succeed in life. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to follow this straight and narrow path. Chasing dreams and kind of being outside of the box may not do it for them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so and that's it's not a great that, perspective. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that it you, that way. That's a great and perspective. It's not that you, right. And it's not that you can't touch them. But now what happens is that if this show is marketed to ambitious people that are interested in chasing those dreams, one of these ambitious people who can resonate with you may still look like that person in corporate America. Now they can take your show to that person who may not have received it from you, but can receive it from them. So that person still becomes your audience. Like I don't do relationship coaching at all, but in the last year I've done more relationship coaching than I ever have in the world because (laughs) my clients that are typically entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs, they're in relationships. (laughs) And I finally figured out, I can't really help you be a better person and an entrepreneur if this other partner in your life isn't on board. So we end up doing couple sessions and, you know, so, your target will open the door to all. And if you have big ambitions, you want to touch all anyway, but you got to start with the people that resonate with you most, if that makes sense. It does. And you know that I never really thought of it in that way. And it's interesting. Yeah. So it's not like you're giving up anything by, by thinking of it this way. It's, it's more like expanding the potential. Right. Because in the beginning you're screaming. So, you know, R.J. Hodges just writes a book. Nobody in the world know who's R.J. know who R.J. Hodges is. So I take my book and I'm just screaming to millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people. It's like a cry in the dark. <laughs> and that's good because you want to touch millions upon millions of people. But now you don't know out of those millions of people who even cares enough to read a book by R.J. Hodges. But now if I start looking at, well, who, who am I? You know, I'm a I'm a young kid from the south side of Atlanta that grew up in a single parent household that did not finish college, that went to college and left because of, you know, illnesses in my family and things of that nature, but still had ambition. And no matter what the circumstance was, I still took something that looked like a mess and made it a masterpiece. I can talk to those people all day. Those people will buy my book out of the millions and millions and millions that I'm screaming at. If I can target those people that are just like me, they're like, oh, my God, I need that because he's who I am. And because he's who I am, I need to hear from him because I resonate. Because the guy over here that's saying I grew up in a great household. We always had money. You know, my parents sent me to school. I can't resonate with that. I mean, it sounds good and I'll listen to it, but it doesn't it doesn't touch my soul because I don't I don't come from that. So now the people that I resonate with out of these millions, when I target them, they take me to the other people that I don't necessarily originally resonate with. He's just bringing all the knowledge today. I'm giving away all my stuff on Chasing <laughs> Dreams here, you know? I don't do that every Saturday. No, just playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was an interesting story that came up in the month of July. Leslie Jones in Ghostbusters and what she went through. And there was a spotlight essentially highlighted on her. And we won't go to, to the bullying that was done about that that's if you want to talk about that hit me up off <laughs> offline guys. Right, right. but she did a skit on snl update uh news update and 
I don't know if you saw it, and I'll put a link to the episode on the show notes page so you guys can see it. She talks about dreams and she talks about chasing dreams and how you can achieve your dreams at any age. And it's very inspiring. And I'm going to mm. just summarize this. So you guys should actually watch it because it's, it's great. She talks about how Oprah or no, well, she starts with uh, Harrison Ford. He was a carpenter at 30. Vera Wang didn't design her first dress till she was 40. Right. And Oprah didn't really become Oprah till after she was fired from a job. Right. So, Anything is possible. It's just sometimes we need to be reminded that it's possible. And I love that. I love that because I think more and more people that are in the public eye that are successful, I think it, it really it makes a difference when they start to share their real stories, because when they do, it allows people that are chasing their dreams that are still going through that process to understand that, you know, sometimes it does take time and it's never, ever over. You know, and it doesn't mean that because I made a video a couple of weeks ago or so, I put a video out a couple of weeks ago and it's called Never Ever Quit. And in that video, I said, I don't care if you're 42 and you're still working that dead end job, never stop because 43 could be totally different. You know, <laughs> you know, 44 could be the, the, the year that every possible thing that you ever wanted comes into your life. And I heard someone put it like this before. They said, you never know how close you are to that breakthrough. So what if you're one minute away? What if you're 30 seconds away and you quit? You never know how close you are. So imagine Harrison Ford, like you said, a carpenter at 30. You know, for most people at 30, when if you're a carpenter, you're done. <laughs> you know, in our society, it's like, that's who you're going to be. Settle in and ride the carpenter wave all the way until you die. But this man went from a carpenter to who he is today. It's like night and day. Anything is possible. I saw something earlier. It says even when you look at the word impossible, if you break it down, it really says I'm possible. So and that changed my perspective. I saw that when I first woke up this morning. Did you? I, that was the first thing I clicked on my timeline and somebody had posted. It. it was like even when you look at the word, it said everything is possible. Even when you look at the word impossible, it really says I'm possible. And I looked at it. I'm like, huh, I've never noticed that. It it really is. It's I'm possible. If you break it down, that's really what it says. So there. So the moral of that was nothing is nothing is ever impossible. I love that. I didn't. You know, I I don't think I've ever thought about that. Yeah, me either. I never. I've never looked at the word like that. But it's it's plain. It's right there. I am possible. And if you put a little thing right there, it's I'm possible. I'm like, wow. Never looked at it like that. But that that's amazing. That that's within that word. Have you have you seen the movie Facing Giants? Or facing the Giants, I think it is. I don't think so. And you know, oddly, I think it was filmed in Atlanta, by the way. Really? Uh-oh. Shameful. <laughs> I got to get my life together. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I'll have the clip also in the show notes. You guys are just getting all this media today. And right. hopefully I can get RJ's video as well that he just recorded that yeah, he mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you that. Awesome. The facing Giants scene, is it's about football. Okay. It's usually about sports. And the coach asks a player to crawl with a, uh, with another football player on his back from end zone to end zone. I've seen that. I didn't know that that's what it was yes. called, but I've seen that clip. Okay. Yes. And I'm going to let you guys see it, but it's a very powerful reminder of how if we take away our limits, if we take away distractions, what is actually possible? Very true. Very, very true. Everybody, if we're not careful, our boundaries, they they stop us, you know, and I always ask people, 
whenever you get that feeling of a limitation, you have to ask yourself, why? Why do I feel like I can't go beyond this point? And when you think about it, you really got to say it's not because I can't go beyond this point. It's really just because I just don't know how to go beyond this point. And there's nothing. There's no point that you can't go beyond just because you don't know how to do it. You got to find out how to do it. But just like everything else, once you figure out how to do something, anything is possible. So, you know, I agree with that. And I do remember that clip with the guy on, on the guy's back. That's that's a real powerful clip. And we're not going to give it away because I, I really think there's something about the Spence and the way they filmed it that's really good. So definitely go to right. the show notes and, and it's a YouTube video. You can also search it, but it's on the show notes page. So just go there. But I, it's interesting you say that because your analogy from earlier about the chalkboard mm-hmm. and things that are on the chalkboard. And when we were talking about how things are possible when you remove the limits, my mind also goes towards blinders that they put on horses in mm, a sense, okay. right? So as, as right. a visual physical limitation, but also using your chalkboard analogy, not everything we learn is a bad thing, so to right. speak, right? You use, you said about how if we touch fire, it's burns dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to know, right? That's a good thing to know. I agree. Leave it I on agree. the chalkboard. How does a, someone who's chasing their dream or trying to realize that they want to chase a different dream from where they're at? How do you work through the things that are on the chalkboard to decide um, which one to keep, which one you can get past? Which one's serving you? Which one's serving you in line with that dream? You know, my biggest thing is always. Another question I ask my clients all the time is I ask them, what are you fearful of? And then once we figure out what you're fearful of, I'll often ask them, how does fear get in? And most people say, oh, well, this and this and this. Fear is just a product of information. You're not fearful of anything. You don't have negative information on. That makes sense. So one of the biggest ways is whatever your dream is, you should be only feeding yourself the information that supports that dream. So now if you look on that chalkboard and there is information on there that's contrary to that dream, that is the information you need to get rid of. For an example, if you say, hey, I want to be a doctor and you're currently 35 years old. Now, if some of the information on your chalkboard says nobody starts out at 35 and goes back to school and goes to med school and then does residence, nobody does that and really becomes a doctor. That's bad information to remove from that chalkboard. What you need to replace that with is information that supports that. The first place to do that is you need to get online or somewhere and you need to find somebody that was within your age range that went back to school and became a doctor. My preference would be you need to befriend that person because you need their information. You need their experience. You need those type of things on that chalkboard because those are the things that are going to fuel you moving forward. Basically, I'm a proponent of whatever it is that I want. Everything else about me has to align with that mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally. There cannot be any contradictions or I don't understand how it's going to work. I I tell this story often. I was working with a lady and we were talking on the phone and she said, RJ, this year I'm going to get it right. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get my healthier. Wait a minute. Hold on, RJ. Uh, Yes. Let me get a number six with cheese. I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, wait a minute. You could have at least put me on mute, you know, so this is very disrespectful. But, you know, but that is hilarious. And something you just can't make up. I can't make this up. I told this story. I did a video with this story on it. But I'm just like, wow, look at the contradiction. How do you how is that ever going to work? Because you can't 
You can't want one thing and be the opposite of it in any shape or form. So I always say when you go back to that chalkboard, what on that chalkboard is serving the dream that you want and what things on that chalkboard is against the dream that you want? And a lot of us, when you put it in that perspective, you can see it really clearly. Oh, wow, I believe this. That's not serving a dream that I want. You're having financial issues, but, you know, hey, everybody in my family is broke. That, that's a bad thing to be on the chalkboard because that's not serving you getting better in your financial issues. The thing I like about that, besides the fact that you had examples, which <laughs> fantastic, right? Because even using your 45 years is too old to be a doctor kind of thing, I did a quick Google search. And there is a Dr. Ruth Levine who became okay. a doctor at 45. Wow. You know? So it brought up another point, a tangential point, which, you know, seems to be the theme of this talk, which I love. I'm, I'm loving the conversation we're having is you have the negative information. And I like how you worded that negative information also means that you may not have all the information. Right. Right. There may be positive information that can help you, which is kind of what. If I search for people 45, who's in my age bracket, you know, get in touch with them. That's the whole thing. Until you have all the information, you got to be wary of making decisions on small samples. Yeah, data exactly. Samples. Exactly. You know, information is key. I mean, information is the first level. You know, anytime people tell me that they're fearful of something, I always try to go back and find out where did that come from? That's my first thing in coaching when we're doing sessions about fear. People may say, well, you know, I work in corporate America, RJ, but I want to transition. I want to be a full-time entrepreneur, but you know, I'm afraid of this and this and this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, let's find out where that comes from because we can't, we can't jump this hurdle. Success is a part of a system. One of my favorite chapters in my book and success comes from the inside out. Most of the time we're trying to build it the opposite way. We're trying to build it externally. But success comes from within you. So the first thing I'm trying to find out before we come up with external strategies is, number one, where did this fear come from? Who have you been talking to? What entrepreneur, what disgruntled person somewhere in your past or something that has said to you that, hey, when you transition out of corporate or out of a job into entrepreneurship, it's extremely hard. It's hard to make money. You'll lose this. You'll lose that. Because we got to change that information first. Because that information is now driving you and you can't you can't be driven to something positive out of a place of negativity or out of a place of fear. And that's very important to that point. The other thing you have to think about is if you don't find the information you need, the information to support you, for example, right before August 12th, you could have said if you're African-American female mm -hmm. and you want to be a swimmer and you want to go to the Olympics, right? You don't have the information that says, well, so-and-so has done it, therefore I can. Right. right. There's nothing that says it. Because at that point, there has never been an African-American woman who's won a gold or any medal at the Olympics individually, right? right? Mm -hmm. So there's no right. information to support you, therefore I should give up. And I think at that point, you have to ask yourself, and RJ, what do you ask yourself at that point? If there, you're saying if there's no information to yeah. support that at the time, that's a good question. You know, typically, if there's no information to support it, then you have to root yourself in something else. You have to root yourself in now not focusing on nobody else has ever done it. I'm going to possibly be the first. You have to just root yourself in the fact that 
it can happen. So now you just have to take in support information on, yes, this does work. Yes, this can. Because nobody in my family has ever wrote a book before. Need less a book that became a bestseller. That has never happened. Um, I, you know, outside of getting into this industry, I didn't know anybody even outside of my family that had done that. So there wasn't a lot of, of personal references. I just had to get really ingrained in the fact that this is my passion and I'm going to do it. And I had to reassure myself with that every single day. I think that's where I teach a lot about affirmations, not from a spooky, weird, mysterious, you know, mysterious standpoint of I say something and it comes to pass tomorrow. But from a real practical standpoint of the more and more I speak something that's contrary to the negative thought in my head, the more I line up with the thing that I want. So when there is no example, there is nobody you can reference. You now have to combat that thought in your head with something of what you want. My mom passed away of colon cancer. And, you know, my most dominant thought at that time was it's hereditary. Maybe you'll get it, too. You know, all of the studies that I read kind of supported that in a sense. You know what I mean? It was difficult to find somebody that goes, hey, my mom died. I'm, I'm such and such age. It never happened to me. I couldn't really find that. And I I didn't have time to wait because that thought was happening every millisecond or so. So my affirmation was I am colon cancer free. That disease will never have a right to live in my body. And what I always tell people is you can't fight a thought with a thought, but you can fight a thought with words. You can fight a thought with a contradictory statement to that thought because and we'll do this real quick. It's just an example many people have done. But if you're listening right now, count silently from one to 10 in your head, go say your name out loud. What happened to your counting? It stopped, right? So when you speak something out loud, it interrupts a negative thought. That's how you cast a thought down. That's how you push a thought far from you. It doesn't happen one time. I wish I could tell you that you have to do it multiple times. It becomes a, a, a combative situation. But the more you do that, you'll watch how your internal starts to line up with what you want versus that negative thought in your head. So that's just another technique that I've used with myself and clients over the years when you can't find the reference point of somebody that has done it. And that's a fantastic point to kind of wrap up on, guys, because he said it may take a couple times. It is a combative thing. And that's what it is. If you guys want to chase your dreams, you have to work for it. What do you think, Mm -hmm. RJ? Yes. (laughs) You know, that's one of the biggest things that I I pride myself on as a coach is that I don't I don't preach magic secrets. I don't I don't really have any mysterious secret and nobody else in the world knows that some, you know, guru just whispered in my ear. And now now I get to market market it for you for nine ninety five. I don't I don't necessarily have that. I don't have the 10 steps to create wealth that when you finish this 10 step, you will be a multimillionaire. I am not going to sell you that. I'm not saying that the people that do that is all bad. What I want to give you is what I call the precursor to that. Because I truly feel that all of those principles and secrets or all of those things, what you're not getting is that a principle or a secret or whatever you want to call it, it's only as good as the person or the spirit that it comes into contact with. Environment is so important. You take great seed and go to the beach and put it in sand. I don't care how great the seed is or how great the secret is. It won't produce. We have to become the dream. Everything about you has to be that thing that you want to be. I didn't wake up this morning and say, oh, my God, I got to get on here with Amy. So let me study all of this stuff. This is who I am. This is what I do every single day of my life. It's not a gimmick. It's not a trick. 
This is who I am. I read something every single day. I, I flood myself with information every single day because I have to be what I say I am or I am a counterfeit of it. So, you know, that's my biggest advice to people. There are no shortcuts. Become what you want internally. And it'll just it'll just ooze out of you externally. So I was going to ask you what would be the one thing you would tell a dream chaser. <laughs> but I have a feeling that was it. That might have been it. You know, that might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just kind of segued yourself for you. It, it works. I think it's great. Good, good. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I would I would definitely do that. But come the thing that you want to be, whatever that dream is, it has to be everything about you. If you're desiring to be an entrepreneur, then when people ask you, what do you do? What do you say? I was working at a law firm. But when people ask me, what did I do? I never, ever said that. Because in my mind, that wasn't what I did. That was something that I participated in to make a living at that moment. So how'd you answer it? I'm a speaker. I'm an inspirational speaker and I'm a life coach. I wasn't an author at that time, so I didn't necessarily say that. But but when people ask you, you know, I'm an inspirational speaker and a life coach. Now, if we got deeper in the conversation, I wasn't going to lie to them. If they said, do you do this full time all day at that particular time? I would have said no. You know, I also have, you know, a, a full time job, you know, at that particular time I did. So but that was never my thing. I never referred to being a speaker or 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 coach as a side business. I never referred to it as something I did on the side because that made it smaller to me than what it really was. It was never a side to me. It was primary. The, the job was the side because the job at that point was just the living. It was something that I needed to sustain my living. Speaking and coaching was the life. And I major in life, not living. It's, it's a it's a real difference there if you if you pay attention to those two words. So, you know, when that becomes you, when everything about you starts to mimic and speak and move in line with that dream that you want, guess what? A magical thing does happen. You stop chasing it and it starts chasing you. Boom. Guys, take that and go with it. Hopefully you were just as inspired as I was by this episode because you should be already working on your dreams. I'm going to stop now talking because you should be doing that. <laughs> RJ, thank you so much for coming on the show. We'd love to have you thank back. You. Great conversation. Definitely. I really enjoyed it. And to the dream chasers out there, you know, you guys keep pushing. Find me on social media at RJ Hodges Speaks. If you need anything, coaching, anything you want to just know more about coaching, look me up, rjhodgespeaks.com, RJ Hodges Speaks on all social media. And I will be more than happy to talk to you about it. And if you only found out about RJ through the show, let him know that too. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Cool. We I'm curious. Have like a little section on my page <laughs> for just, you know, people from the Chasing Dream show that know about me. That would be great. So, yeah, that that that's really good. Oh, can I make one quick announcement and I'll leave? I promise. <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> for everybody that's on here, I started a new group on Facebook. I've only put it out one time. It's called Superior Entrepreneurs. There's nobody in the group yet. So if you're an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, go get in that group. Why? Because it's going to be about what I just talked about building not only just a business, but a better life. No gimmicks, no tricks, no BS, no no magic, just real practical things to help you get better. And guys, we'll have the link to that on the show notes as well. Definitely check it out. Thanks again, RJ. I just want to say thank you once again to RJ Hodges for showing up and bringing the knowledge, so much information and so many lessons learned for me as well. So don't think it's just you. Great conversation, and you guys can contact RJ and find all the links and the videos that we talked about 
on the show notes page over at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 54. That's episode 54. Before I sign off, guys, I do want to say one thing. Earlier in the show, we talked about negative information on the chalkboard and how sometimes it's not necessarily negative information, but the absence of positive information. And the example I used was if there was an African-American woman who wanted to be a swimmer and go to the Olympics. And so, you know, prior to August 2016, there had never been an African-American woman who has won the Olympics or gotten any medal at the Olympics. And so that changed this year. In 2016, Simone Manuel won a gold medal, and she is the first African-American woman to medal at the Olympics in swimming, which is amazing, an amazing feat. But you got to think about it, because what positive information did she have to go on? She probably didn't. In fact, she didn't have positive information. She probably had lots of negative information, lots of people who have tried and failed, but she didn't let that stop her. She kept going. And so that could be you. If there is no positive information, you keep chucking and and working and doing your thing because you could be the first and then you would be that positive information for someone else. So take that, go out there. Until the next episode, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.